I can talk about film Sleeping, sobbing, streaming Tell me, Derek, what movie In the end did we decide? I can open your eyes Drugs can't replace the wonder That's what you will want after Joining our magical tour inside Our childhood films They tend to age quite badly too But now you've tuned on in It makes us grin It's lucky you picked Disney's Island Can this please end a podcasting place for you and Hello, I'm Derek. And I'm Peter. And this is The Mog. In this podcast, one of us suggests a beloved movie from our childhood for the other to watch. And then we talk about it. What made us laugh? What made us cry? And whether or not it explains our aversion to live action remakes. I'm definitely against that now. Aversion. A feeling of intense dislike. (laughs) Intense. (laughs) Intense. Intensities. So, um, I'm not going to ask what the movie is today because everyone should know it by now if you've actually listened to what happened beforehand. (laughs) It's Aladdin Um, from 1992. That's it. Or as I'd like to call it, Prince of Persia. (laughs) Or, I'm not crying, it's just sand in my eye. (laughs) Oh, nice. Prince of Persia. That reminded me of this too, hey? Yeah. Yeah. What, did you have any alternatives? Uh, It was... Princess Jasmine lets Aladdin, if you know what I mean. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I didn't write that joke. I stole oh, it. Oh, man, you're in, your, you're in good form tonight. Good form. There were so many puns, though. You stole like, it. Man, you had so many to choose from and you stole the worst one. Good work. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> oh, did you have any other puns? Oh, well, no, not puns. No, no, I'm I'm probably taking it a little bit from G to PG to hopefully not too far into M. But we'll, (laughs) you know, double entendres are always good. So, we'll get to it when we come to it. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Get it. (laughs) Sorry. So, how about I do a synopsis? Sounds good. When street rat Aladdin frees a genie from a lamp, he finds his wishes granted. However... He soon finds that the evil has other plans for the lamp and for Princess Jasmine in the form of Jafar the Vizier. But can Aladdin save Princess Jasmine his love for her after she sees that he isn't quite what he appears to be? Oh, wow. That's a nice dramatic introduction to this movie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, background to this film, Derek. I have like a little bit of stuff, but because this is um, a Disney film, this is really our first full feature animated film, isn't it? Yeah, it is, actually. That's very true. Unless you count uh, City of Lost Children. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we had Phantom Tollbooth, but that was sort of That's half, half. Yeah, and Bedknobs and Broomsticks was like a, a fifth. That was at Disney? Yeah. Oh, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, but I didn't think um, Phantom Tollbooth was Disney. No, that definitely wasn't Disney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were drugs involved in that oh, one. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have the idea. But um, the directors of this, uh, Ron Clemens and John Musker, and they seem to have worked closely together with one another. So, they made The Little Mermaid in 1989. Oh, yeah. And they're still going strong with um, films like Moana in 2016. Did you see that? No. Was it any good? I really loved that. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a really great story. Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, they did Hercules as well and The Prince and the Frog. Okay. Um, so, they did the just the animation versions of stuff. Well, they yeah, they started it off really. Um, like Little Mermaid was the first sort of resurgence of animation, I feel. Oh, man. It was pretty much the golden years with, with these films, wasn't it? Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Mermaid and um, Aladdin. Just, um, yeah, really just timeless. Yeah. And like as a kid, you know, when I saw these Disney films, I wanted to be an animator because I sort of you know, sketched and drew and things like that. And it was like yeah. the ultimate dream back then to animate how did you feel about it? Oh, look, I loved it. And um, I was a little bit resistant when they started to introduce like, um, you know, 3D digital. Yeah. Because I really loved the, you know, the painted animation. It was, um, I always found it really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and you could always tell when they'd done a good job or when they'd just done a half-assed job because they had like the sequel to Aladdin, didn't they? That was not quite up to snuff <laughs> in terms of the quality of animation. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have lots of sort of trivia and info on the animators themselves, but I'll sort of talk about that as we go through the film. Oh, okay. But this film uh, was 1992, which was, and it was actually the biggest grossing film of that year. Oh, wow. 500 million worldwide on a budget of 28 million. Oh, wow. So, it's the first animation, you know, feature to win over 200 million in um, in revenue. So, this was a huge win for Disney. You could almost call it the whole new world of Disney. <laughs> whole new world there of Disney. There you go. There's your pun for you. Is that a pun? I don't know. <laughs> sort of. That's funny. And um, <laughs> this is the same year as The Bodyguard and Home Alone 2 and Batman Returns. Um, so, all very similar storylines. <laughs> Rags to riches. But uh, it was really just a platform for Robin Williams, I felt. Yeah. For his comedic talent, just like his... It was very well suited to him. It was, it was. And what was what I found really interesting when I was sort of looking into the background of this was that Robin Williams did this with the understanding that Disney wouldn't be using his name to sort of advertise the film as an attraction. Right. And he was really pissed with Disney because they reneged on their promise. Oh, my gosh. And he was really dirty with them for a while. Wow. Um, yeah. Because he was working with them on Hook, I do believe, prior to this, you know, mm, the Peter Pan yeah. story, the live action version of that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know exactly, like, the full details of it, but I do, but I have heard that, yeah, he was pretty upset with them over what they did. And I think he's made a few jokes uh, in the past about Disney and- Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. That's sad. Ooh. I do know that he worked on this film for the lowest pay grade because he really loved the project. Right. And so, it makes sense that he 
in one is work to be exploited by the money making machine that yeah. uh, well they, they turned into. that's how they attracted him to it wasn't it they used uh they took some of his skits um that had been recorded and they did animation over the top of them and that's how they oh. kind of won him in so they they showed some of his um so some of their animations um over, over the, his stand up yeah right? yeah yeah that's amazing hey and he was apparently laughing his ass off ah that's awesome when i was researching this film and they showed video of like the voice actors you can really see they're just, just giving it their 100% enthusiasm mm. and it's not just vocally and emotionally they're on they're full-on physical. Oh, really? It's incredible to watch. Robin, particularly, he's got such quick wit and he's just chopping and changing and, you know, yeah, twisting. There's 60 different so, characters. Oh, that really? 60, wow. And he, yeah, yeah, so much ad-libbing. Apparently, um, Gilbert Gottfried, the person who did Iago, the parrot. I oh, um, love him, He man. did a lot of that as well. It was kind of funny because um, I was listening to some you know background on this and as soon as his voice comes in i can't imagine anything but the parrot talking because it's just it's such a presence <laughs> so uh, his voice right? yeah yeah so memorable mm. but this film if we talk about the back background it was uh from the collection of stories the arabian nights from 850 yeah. ad <laughs> and um <laughs> I learned this from the making of, which had John Rhys Davies oh, really? as the narrator. Yeah, <laughs> it reminded me so much of the Kevin Costner uh, <laughs> making okay. of with Pierce Brosnan. It was in the same. It must have been the same guys. Really? Did, did he have quotes uh, like you know? Did he have Shakespearean <laughs> quotes kicked in? <laughs> But there was so much history and like there was a silent film, um, which was in 1924, which had the flying carpet, the thief of Baghdad. And, oh, um, right. Yeah. Little interesting well, things like that. I thought that I was kind of cool. I think in the original Aladdin story, um, they didn't, he wasn't an orphan. He had a mum, and, uh, there was no magic carpet yeah. and he had infinite wishes. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 Where's the story? <laughs> I think that it. I think that they discussed a lot of that when they were figuring out the plot, and that the constraints of three wishes and all of that really helped the plot along and keep it tight. And I got to say, yeah, there were the two guys, uh, Ted Elliott and Terry Ro Rossio. They sort of saved the script apparently mm. um, by getting getting rid of a lot yeah, of these things. Yeah, and, and um, the, like developing the character of Aladdin was tough oh. because how do you, like, because there's so many, you know, the, the heroes in all of the, um, in all of the Disney films, you know, they're all generic princes. So, how do you make it a little bit different? How do you make it a bit more interesting? And, you know, that whole street rat and figuring out who he is is sort of, they had to figure that out to make the character more interesting and approachable. Yeah, right. I see. Oh, well, they did a good job because he's, um, I think he's the first non-white prince. <laughs> just going to say well, it. Well, another piece of trivia, I think, and this is me going off memory, but apparently uh, in the cinemas, they were a lot more white. But when they released like the DVD version and stuff, they, they actually shaded the colors in a bit more. Oh, a little bit of color correcting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could almost say that they were anti-whitewashing. So, um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, they were playing uh, it safe. Yeah, yeah. 
But um, mm. no, no I, I, I always have loved the characters in this. Oh, it's and, so um, memorable. So that what makes me wonder, what, um, how has this film touched you? Um, well, I tell you what, it, it uh, helped spark my obsession with uh, the game Prince of Persia. Oh, yes. Because I just had this huge obsession with uh, Arabian Nights and, and um, you know, all of that type of stuff with you know, Prince of Persia. Um, my dad used to have a tape of Arabian Nights that I used to listen to. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And Is it um, long? I haven't really had much oh, exposure to it. Well, it's a thousand and one. Yeah, a thousand and one Arabian Nights, I think it's called, um, where the uh, originally the story is based around um, a princess trying to save her life by keeping keep telling stories so that the the prince that she's married to won't kill her. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Right. There's a bit more to the story, but um yeah, so she told a thousand and one uh, tales, and by the end of it, you know, he just couldn't bring his heart to to kill her or something like that. Oh, so, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, well, kind of, I guess. So, if you imagine that, um, you know, a psychopathic prince <laughs> ends up not killing you as the as the best outcome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good that you had this um, audio, though. Yeah, I, I used to like listening to it. Um, mm. I can't remember too much about it, but I, I know that it was sort of part of my my upbringing. And, you know, Prince of Persia, uh, surprisingly, the difference, the big difference between Prince of Persia and this is that he basically doesn't use a sword at all in this film. Yeah, it's very peaceful. He's very um, pacifistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He does a little bit, but... It's not really sword fighting. Yeah, it's more for sure. Yeah. I also remember this was a bit of a guilty pleasure for me as well because it was sort of like the uh, I'm not crying type that movie for me because um, uh, I thought it was, you know, like the, the some of the songs were soppy and I was, you know, growing up, it was just like, oh, you know, teenagers don't like these kinds of film it's just not for it's just you know they just don't like the, they, we're grown up we're men we're men well that was the thing this was at the cusp wasn't it mm. oh, we're reaching that age you and I where we're sort of too big for animated yeah, Disney that's films right. and it was one of the last ones I saw with my whole family mm. so so yeah and what so what's oh what's well I saw this in the cinema which was quite good um, and I think my mum went too went to Indrapilly <laughs> and um, I actually have vivid memories while watching this film of this 1962 animation Arabian Nights, The Adventures of Sinbad. I oh, don't yeah. Know if you ever saw that. Um, um, maybe. Osama Tezuka wrote it, who did Astro Boy. Oh, wow. And I think that was a real inspiration for this movie. It had the similar sort of feel to it, this um, very mystical and, you know, he had the puffy pants and <laughs> <laughs> um, he was a very innocent sort of heroic character. Oh, right. And it's such a cool movie. It should be a mini-mog of mine, I think. Oh. It's on YouTube. Um but I love Robin Williams, man. My dad loves him too. Mm. And I uh, love his comedy. Good Morning Vietnam, Mork and Mindy, Dead Poet Society. Yeah. I was all into all of that. And so, um, I think the genie in this makes the, um, the comedies yeah. um, so accessible um, oh, it really, and memorable as well. Yeah, it makes this film so memorable. He does steal the show. Um, but I guess... Yeah, but at the same time, it's also just like I like the characters, not just the genie, but uh, yeah, he really does um, just change the movie for the better. Yeah, and great songs. I still remember A Whole New World. <laughs> mm. 
I always loved the first song that came in, you know, yeah. the Arabian Nights one. It's so short, but it sets I really the scene so it. well. Hey, mm. and yeah, well, uh, just just um, quickly, uh, there we have both had a look at the new live action film. So I will be doing a bit of a comparison club, going back and talking a bit about the difference between between the two every now and then. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. Well, um, I have too. Mm. And um, I actually saw the live musical version when it came to Sydney. Oh, wow. And um, it was also played by a black actor. Um, but they sort of played the black card in this thing. The, you know, the, the humor like, mm-hmm, you know. Uh, oh, you mean in the, in the live in the action musical. movie? Oh, in the and, musical. Yeah, they played... It's. I think it's a thing because it's in the script. I don't know. But... Um, and it felt uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> was felt that the genie like, or the main character? The genie was, uh, yeah, yeah. Resorting to sort of race-based humor. And I don't get that. And it's, it's, it's strange too because you've got race-based humor about a completely different race being playing a character in a completely different race. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's just... And uh, uh, I just... Yeah... Oh uh, man, I've got so uh, there's just so much about the the new live action thing that just so so bad. That's so can, bad. Yeah, it'll be. You're going to talk about those as we go there. Yeah, I don't want to go into it just now. But um, there was also the I remember the animated TV series, and it wasn't Robin Williams. It makes sense now that he quit because it was Dan Castel- Castellanata, the voice Homer. of Homer Simpson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't- um, he was doing the genie and I could never tell the difference. He did such a good job. Oh, really? I could tell yeah. straight away. Oh, yeah. well, I'm just going from memory like back then. Oh, but, um, there was something about like I could like I lost interest in anything that wasn't based like I, if I could tell that a voice actor wasn't the same voice actor. And I was just like, okay, I'm not interested. <laughs> well, that was my ritual, man. Saturday Disney. Do you remember mm, that? Yeah. And um, Cheese TV, Agro's Cartoon Connection. Man, Did there you watch were this? so many ads. Oh, so like, many. Like there was more ads and there was stuff to watch. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I just remember the frustration, like the anxiety of waiting for these ads to end yeah. so I could actually watch the bloody... <laughs> it was like every 10 minutes and um fit yeah like this is a whole animation side of cartoons that this sort of opened up for me <laughs> when i sort of thought about it like i've never really I, there was a large portion of my childhood where i was just watching cartoons <laughs> nonstop. Mm, yeah me <laughs> yeah. too me yeah. too yeah my interest in cartoons. i love batman the animated series oh the perf- and, most um, perfect thing ever <laughs> oh god and yeah and and other uh, things too like um like a danger mouse ah oh, danger mouse and yep, yep. um a trap door oh. which is more of a claymation but yeah, yeah all the abc stuff it's great yeah there was a mega so drive cool. game of this that i played aladdin yeah it was a clunky uh-huh. platformer definitely Apparently, no prince of persia though <laughs> no just a, as soon as i saw it i was just like oh, is there sword fighting in it there or is, is it just slashing but throwing no, apples just... and stuff i think is the thing yeah no for me like the thing about prince of persia was that you actually sword fight yeah like you you would block and attack and block and attack. It was a really and- good mechanic. Mm. I think that's how you and I bonded. We were in IT class and you told me that's that you were right. into Prince of and Persia. And I used to draw <laughs> Prince of Persia maps. Yeah, with all the spikes. Like I used to make the, them up, yeah. The corpses yeah. in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is going to be a short one. We should move along. Yeah. Okay. Into well, act one. See, what, what's your act one? I grab ya some hot tamale. Agraba. <laughs> I grab ya. Oh, God, man. No. <laughs> Tons. Oh. Okay. Well, my, mine aren't like that. Sorry. That's good. But uh, this is act one for me is this is where I play with my monkey. <laughs> Oh, the monkey jokes. There's the entendre. (laughs) (laughs) I told you. I warned you. I warned you. Um, Yeah, but there's something real. So when when it introduces the characters, there's something really endearing about them. Even though they're very American, you know, the 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 people who did the voiceovers, I did find them just um, the animation and the voice acting just made them very endearing. Yeah, absolutely. But it's sort of introduced by that uh, narrator and that was Robin Williams. It was. You know, that guy? Yeah. And apparently um, they just put a tablecloth of stuff and they put him in the room and they said, just describe this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It was all improvised. (laughs) We're not break. It broke. Yeah, with no break. And like um, there was 16 hours of material. Oh my God. Because of all of Robin's uh, improvisations. Oh my God. Gosh, that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That'd be so good to listen to. That would be exhausting. That's the only thing about Robin Williams is just the so much energy um, that it's just so full on. But I I did love the intro music to, to, as I said, to Arabian Nights. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really short. And one thing that uh, going comparison club here, looking at the live action, one thing that I noticed looking at, the new one was realizing how great the pacing was in this film. It's so tight. Like- right. It is. It's only an hour and a half, but they've really, mm. they've cut it all down, cut away all the fat. There's no mother. There's no unlimited wishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need a mother. Yeah. And, and like, you know, the, it's, you know, it starts on a, a dark night Um you know, I love the. There's something great for yeah, it. Yeah, dark night, dark man with a dark. Yeah, purpose. so good. And of course, the the live action just glosses over that completely. It just goes like yeah. swipes straight past it. It's like it you, you know the bits, but um, but yeah, just that was so great. I love the mystery and you know it it gets it hooks you right into it with the whole mystery and what's going on yeah and you're introduced to jafar really um and that character design he looks Mm. so evil you just love it his voice too it's like jeremy irons oh i really thought it was him but it's um jonathan freeman yeah yeah but he's got such a great voice and did you know that he actually uh performed the live action jafar not the live action but the in uh, the musical he actually performed as Jafar. Oh, right. He doesn't mm. look anything like him, though. He's quite chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just uh, made him taller or something. It is about the voice, though. Yeah, it's a great voice. And, uh, yeah, it's so, um, it's so, I don't know what the word, like, smooth. Yeah. And, Deep and smooth. Um, I looked up some of the stuff about all the animators and there's um, there's a whole bunch of them. There's Andreas Dea. He was the lead Jafar animator. And he says, I think that villains motivate the story. Without villains, you'd have a happy land and nothing would happen. It'd be very boring. <laughs> <laughs> and he said about Jafar and Iago, they're very different characters, but they think about the same thing. And I thought that was mm. quite cool just to see mm. the contrast between the two. That's why it sort of that dynamic works. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because, um, like, just the nature of Jafar, you'd think that he would be 
very just completely just ignore Iago, but he actually does listen to him as well. Yeah, they're on the same thought pattern. Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah, of like yeah. that. And with Iago, I just love man, man. The um, what's the actor again? Um, oh, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Oh gosh, so he just good. completely goes off the deep end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and raving. It's so good, like you know it. it that he plays the character of the parrot until everyone's gone and then he's himself with, uh, with Jafar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, and the so animator for him was Will Finn and he says, you take that ranting and raving and then you put the posture of shrugged shoulders, the palms out and he's tearing out his hair and he's complaining all the time, he's squinting his eyes. <laughs> I'm so mad I'm molting. Jewish, <laughs> yeah. This sort of Jewish Borscht Belt comedian <laughs> comedy. Uh, he's he so said. good, so good, yeah, yeah. So, um, so just so that in terms of Act One, that's the introduction of the characters, introduction of, of the you know Aladdin and Jasmine and um, uh, Abu and uh, the street rat, and they're looking for the diamond in the rough. Yes, because they entered the cave of wonders and the guy failed. So, and then we're introduced to Aladdin. Yeah, Start, he's the thief. Um, and they had like a Back to the Future moment. <laughs> oh, really? They, they run into crazy Hakeem's discount fertilizer. Oh, and there's manure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> manure. I hate manure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually, there's parts in this that are quite not dark, well, dark, but in that she almost gets her arm chopped off. Yeah. There's a real uh, genuine danger there. And in the. In live action, they just lighten everything. It's all just so lightened up. There's no danger or anything. It's just like, you know. Oh. I was surprised by that because it's Guy Ritchie. He's the guy that did Snatch. And I really thought it'd be a little bit oh darker. Oh, my gosh. To be it, was, it, was like a, it was like a padded down musical. Mm. Um, they skipped all the best bits. The scary line and, you know, and the the mystery and but there were some nice touches in the original like in the chase scene there's a bit of foreshadowing he jumps off in the the carpet and he uses it as a parachute but there's a moment where he's Mm. flying you know flying it and that stuff like little touches like that and he gives the food to the poor kids i mean it was done in the new one but um abu gives the food too and that's like little icing on the cake you know yeah that's right because it also sets the personality of the two as well abu's a bit more reluctant uh, a giver yeah. and um you know aladdin's more natural in that way yeah uh, like they, it's just really tired introducing the nature of the characters and and you know just their their attitudes and their their thoughts and beliefs um and you know how they're seen in greater society. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, really tight. And when he gets introduced to the to the princess, and um, they hit it off, and I like it how you know she isn't completely um, without her own level of independence as well. You know, she can hop across um, buildings as well as he can. Yeah, she's quite empowered. Hey, and she's got Raja, the sidekick. Um, the tiger yeah yeah and of course you know traditional princess storyline you know she's due to be married and she doesn't want to pick any of the suitors yeah um and i like that jafar the most um trusted advisor 
Um, you know, he looks so evil when you introduce his back lip <laughs> and he's got this twisted goatee, this pencil thin moustache and um, <laughs> he has a serpent staff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really, you need the Sultan to be as stupid as he is in order for him to believe that Jafar is as good, like, you know, to believe he's a trusted advisor. And it reminded me of this Mitchell and Webb Nazi skit. Have you looked at our caps? These two Nazis <laughs> yeah, saying to each other. Right. They've, they've got skulls on them. Yeah. <laughs> our caps have little pictures the bad, of skulls. Do you think maybe we're the bad guys? <laughs> I can't really think of anything worse than a symbol than a skull. <laughs> um, a rat's anus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really, when, when do you, you think it goes from the, the end of the first act? I, I thought it was around when Abu sets off the chain reaction and uh, they're trapped in the cave. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was your act two? Um, act two, I just rub against it and my wishes come true. <laughs> 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 or I had another one. <laughs> you ever ridden a magic carpet? <laughs> What's that? Have you? Have you? You have a red magic carpet, eh? Say no more. Oh, Say no right, more. Right. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> I just said act two. I dream a genie. I used to love that show too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, Barbara, I, yeah. Barbara I, I had a yeah, I had a bit of a nineteen sixty five. What oh, was it? Elka Summers, wasn't it? Was the actress? Barbara I Eden, I think. Barbara Eden. Was. Really? Maybe there was a different one. I don't know. There were some cool little things in that cave scene, though. Um, like the carpet animation. It's just beautiful, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, they, so much character. Yeah. And that's that was the first 3D animation that they really put into, into their films, I believe. Yeah. Amazing. Really. They did such a good job. It's just classic Disney. It reminded me of a bit of Alice in Wonderland, you know, 1951, the playing cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. sort of walk around in the corners. Mm. Um, but I love all the framing as well. Like, he had to climb that huge diagonal thing. Mm. It's really dramatic. They just use all these lines. And the, one of the um, animators, uh, Richard Vandervelt, he says it's all of the, the curves in the calligraphy, the S-curves, these sort of asymmetrical... Uh, things in Arabic writing. He was using that as an influence mm. for all of this sort of style, the really yeah. curvy style. And when Genie finally appears, the animator for him, Eric Goldberg, he came, this was his first Disney film, and he was saying he used Al Hirschfield, um, who was a sort of caricature artist, as his inspiration. These really curvy lines and yeah, it's kind of inspiring when you see like how much thought went into just like the design of these <laughs> characters because they're really unforgettable. They're very unique and um, hadn't really seen anything like them before, I think. Mm. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I just, um, I must admit, I didn't have a huge observation about the styling that goes into the animation, but I, it did always strike me as um, very attractive for one of for one of a better word very polished and professional it did seem like a motion picture type animation rather than yeah you know, something simple or boring or cheap yeah yeah well it like it it struck home to me when i was watching the live action that you're missing all of this stuff and these little you know these little things are huge mm. in that in t giving to the story and to the characters there seemed to be a lot more i guess like the investment in it if that makes sense. Like yeah. everyone put 
a piece of themselves into this film. That's what it seemed to me like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the animator for um, Aladdin, Glenn Keane, he was saying, we're really all animating ourselves as young men growing up and experiencing for the first time, you fall in love with a girl and you put that on a screen and that's that's what I think makes Aladdin stand out from any other character mm. film. Um, yeah. yeah. And he based Aladdin on MC Hammer. <laughs> Oh, God, really? <laughs> With the fans, yep. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. You're ruining it. <laughs> it's the same dude. Same thing. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Well, the Jasmine character was actually based on the artist's sister. Yeah, I kind of like that. And it shows, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, all of all the other artists were asking whether she was single. Uh, were they? Uh, <laughs> Mark Hen, yeah. that's the guy who animated I, Jasmine. Uh, yeah, I always found, I, I always thought that she was, she was the best princess. She was my favorite. Yeah, she had a lot of. There was a lot of grace in her. Hey. Yeah, and I liked the voice and um, and just the expressions and stuff of the, the of the character was really good. Yeah. And it makes sense because he was basing this on his sister. So, there's that very tenderly sort of uh, detail of how she mm. moves. Yeah, that must be it. Very personal. And so, we they finally get out of the cave. Well, they get introduced to the genie, of yes. course. And um, and there's so much Aladdin nibbling. <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. I wrote it down. I was going to practice it, but yeah. And when he's introduced, there's some references I never got, like as a kid. (laughs) It's like there's so many fast, hard and fast references. Oh, yeah. There's like- All of these actors. Right here, direct from the lamp, Ed Sullivan and bring back back people from the dead, Peter Lorre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, it's just yeah. You, he's got um, Roy, what is it, Joe Dangerfield or what's his name? Uh, R- Rodney, Rodney. Yeah, Dangerfield. that's right. Yeah, oh, man, so many, so many. There's just like it, they come so hard and fast and so quick, and he just like takes center stage. He really does. Yeah, and I was I thought you were gonna compare him to Will at this point. <laughs> Um, well, I'll let you do it first. Oh, okay. Let me let me see what I said. I don't have any. Um, <laughs> I didn't explicitly say anything, but with Will, <laughs> when he first came in in the new one, it's like even just the way he talks is Arabian Nights, <laughs> Arabian Nights. Oh man, and um, he's just not trying. I don't think he was trying to either to compete. With Robin I think, Williams, uh, I thought at the when he was first introduced, he did a he was supposed to, like the first part was dodgy, and then he tried harder or something. Like that. <laughs> really? Wasn't I? Don't know. I didn't actually think Will Smith was that bad. I think he did help the movie as much as it could be helped. Yeah. No, I, I didn't think he did a bad job, but he had he plays it very differently. Yeah, like, um, and I it's think much he'd more have to. macho and. I don't know. I think you'd have to, though. I, I don't... You can't really... You know, Robin Williams was such an original yeah. personality and character. I mean, to try to present him as that character is just... I think it was impossible. I think that's why they picked Will Smith, because he was his own personality and um, they were hoping that that would add something to the film. And I think it 
it did a little. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that it was as well directed, well put together. Um, I mean, uh, one thing that just, if we're talking about Act 2, um, just the the way that Jafar and the father both speak with accents, but the main cast <laughs> all have American accents. Yeah. Like, it's so jarring. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's so, like, in the, in this, the animation, you know, they're all speaking with English accents of some description, whether it's American or more English, Englishy. But they're all kind of American. But in the live action, like that, it's just like her father's like, oh, that's a photo for. <laughs> and then she's like, I already heard. How are you going? Let's go down the power. Hardy har. Hardy hardy har. What's that you got to say? I'm an, I'm, I'm, I'm Persian. What are you talking about? Mystery already are. God, <laughs> like you know, if you're gonna be American, just be American. Don't pretend. Uh, it's just. <laughs> I like that Americans are Yeah, <laughs> that's the best thing. I don't know. Uh, I know what you mean. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but. Um, and it's the British director, so I don't know. <laughs> it just uh, makes yeah, sense. Uh, I'm sure that there was probably like some people telling him you have to respect the culture, and but at the same time you have to hire American actors. And oh, we don't want Amer- the the main actors to speak with with um, with an accent because then that's not not true to the characters mm. or some. I don't know. I'm just making it up. But right, there's, be, there's probably a stupid <laughs> reason. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the genie, genie lets him out, got three wishes, um, makes him a prince. Uh, tell me if I'm, I'm glossing too quick. No, and, go, um, go for it. And he gets introduced to the princess and uh, he's, he's um, awkward and doesn't really hit it off with her off the bat. And I must admit, as a, you know, little boy, young man growing up, I really like that dynamic about her not recognizing him, her thinking that the person that she was interested in had been killed and that, you know, her coming to to know who it really was and that, you know, that bit where he goes, do you trust me? And it's the same image. And yeah, it's a very sweet moment. She starts to have that suspicion. I must admit, it kind of gets me a little. Oh, absolutely. You know, deep in my the recesses of my blackened heart. You know? <laughs> and, um, you know, I always used to say that I hated the song, you know, A Whole New World. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I think with age comes um, comes a bit of pathetic romanticism or something. I don't know. Oh, that's sweet. That's very sweet. Oh, it absolutely melts your heart, the duet, the harmonies. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or it was just the wine. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> the wine. but the music um, was by Alan Menken and he did Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame. And he started off with Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he won best song. He won two Oscars, A Whole New World and Best Music. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I can understand that. This is absolutely it. And he said the mix of Middle Eastern and jazz was like the inspiration for the tone of this film. Oh, and right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, he was drawing inspiration from Fats Waller 
Um, right. I'm not sure who that is. I think it's a jazz artist. Okay. But um, Brad Kane and Leah Salonga were the singing voices for Aladdin and Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. And they're just perfect. It's just the best version of any Disney song I've ever heard. <laughs> so mm. nice. Yeah, it's I could really listen good. to it all day long. Yeah. Well, well the, the voice of Princess Jasmine, Linda Larkin, apparently she... Uh, her voice was too high. She had to actually try to lower her voice to speak as the princess. Oh, right. Was okay. Understanding. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. But doesn't bother me. But. And there's a bit of sadness in the music of this film. Howard Ashman, uh, he died of AIDS at 40 oh, and he really? was the writer of the um, A Friend Like Me. And uh, Alan Menken was like closely worked with him and he said a whole new world. He actually... It was gained him some confidence. There's a, a different sort of meaning for him that there could be new chapters in his life after the fact that he lost his friend Howard. Oh, really? So that's quite nice as well. Wow. Oh, it's a, yeah. It really, you know, you hear these little stories, and it kind of, um, kind of so, sort of makes sense that things are the quality that they are. You know, people are bringing their lives into yeah into into this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then he does the apple thing and she recognizes it and then they kiss. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. The, yeah, well, it, with Disney, you know, love happens pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. So that's when it all all is, that's the peak. So that's your, um, that's, that's the climax of the positive. And now it's time for things to get a bit, um, to go downhill. Yeah. The Jafar and he calls him Prince Abubu. <laughs> He's so scathing. So good. Just the way that he says that is so good. <laughs> and um, he catches him, throws him in the ocean. It's so dramatic. And Jeannie saves him from drowning. Yeah. It was such a nice moment. Mm. I'll yeah. take that as a yes. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Very fast, very... But well done. Yeah. And then they hug. So, there is like... I don't know. There's like this sort of um dramatic element to robin williams it's not all about the eccentric sort of raving he can act as yeah, well yeah absolutely he says, oh, i'm getting kind of fond of you kid not that i want to pick out curtains or anything <laughs> but like you know there's that emotion and it comes across in mm. his voice it's not just you know it's not just facial stuff no it's good yeah he is yeah yeah he was a talent real talent yeah and at this point, moving along quickly, Jafar gets outed when Al breaks the scepter. So, when does Act 3 start? Well, I sort of had it when Jafar gets in power. Yeah. I thought. So, so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Though. Go for it. What was your Act 3? Oh, um, I flew in a giant penis and froze my nuts off. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say, I flew in a giant penis and froze my nuts off. <laughs> What is that from? Is that uh, from something? No, it's just, you know, there's like the, um, you remember when Jafar just um, turns into the, the magician and shoots him <laughs> off in that, the the tower oh, and it lands in the yeah, snow. Yeah. Oh, that's I was trying to join the dots. <laughs> Where did like, this okay. come from? Act three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like that punchline. <laughs> I got a steering wheel in my pants driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours? I just had um, act three. What's what's up, pussycat? <laughs> I can't do it too far, <laughs> but he says it oh, so well. Yeah, pussycat. yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, 
but he becomes sultan and then sorcerer. He's pretty. He's pretty like um, pretty quick with what he wants. Pretty quick to get through the wishes. Yeah, it moves along really quick. And um, I love the puppet ruler. Want a cracker? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, he's just stuffing crackers. Down his stuffing crackers. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. Now, Pussycat, tell me more about myself. About, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But he turns into a snake. Oh, I don't even remember that part. Yeah, yeah. How snake-like he can be. Mm. The music was so great in the climax, yeah, I had dramatic. to write down, because there's the theme melody from A Whole New World in the dramatic climax. I always thought that was genius, man. Mm. And, you know, this is when Jafar's becoming the genie. Mm. It's like escalating. Yeah. And um, mm. ultimate cosmic powers, itty bitty living space. Yeah, good call. And they good, kept good that quote. in the new film, which was nice. I thought, yeah, <laughs> call back. not done as well. Not but, done yeah. as well at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he sets the genie free, it's such a lovely moment, man. I love that. Yeah, no, it's really good. Even in the new film, um, they paid homage to that because they did. That was like the emotional climax, and Will actually did a really good job as an actor there. <laughs> he really shone. <laughs> yeah, I've well, felt. that's that's it. That's what, like he he. I didn't. I, I wouldn't say that he did a bad job. I just think that it wasn't particularly well directed. I thought that there were subplots in there that were whacked in. I don't know why they were whacked in, but they were. Mm. You know the whole. Um, yeah, I, I had so many things. Well, there was a more complex relationship between the Sultan and Jafar. Um, the Sultan is more fleshed out too. You know, they were talking about how his wife um, was killed and like, you know, the Jafar wanted to invade his wife's land. And there was like, there was actual um, sort of heated discussions there. Whereas the Sultan in the animated movie was just a sort of dim-witted... Um, childlike character. Yeah. So there was some drive there, which was kind of interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. But I, fe I felt that it just, all of that stuff just didn't seem to need to be in there. But maybe that's just my, just how I felt about it because um, I was comparing it too hard to the original. Right. But, um, but I guess there was just some stuff in it that was just so glaring. I don't know. Some people might have liked the, the subplot about now a woman can be sultan and all of that stuff and they had a song about it and I just Yeah, that was yeah, seems a little forced. And she wasn't the greatest either singer or actress. <laughs> well, I, I think that's it. I think a lot of it just seems to come across as forced. Yeah. Um and like things that I had was like, Wow, let's explain everything. Please, we're so stupid. Mm. Uh, what the genie and the tell storyteller are the same, I would never have guessed. Right, right. Um, let's take the you should be free to make your own choice to a whole new level. Yeah. And just like slam it down your throat like a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like Jafar's backstory. That was kind of cool. He was a thief too. Um, you know, steal a kingdom and you're a statesman and be the most powerful man in the room or you're nothing. But they, mm. again, they killed, they sort of overdid it. It was a nice line to have in there, but then they just sort of. Too, yeah, there were too many, I like that, uh, the character of the, like, I must admit some of it I just skipped because I just couldn't take it anymore. But um, like they had his like soldier, like one of the guards as a, as a character and. 
Yeah, they added all these characters. Well, I did like the Handmaiden's character, Nassim Pedrad, because she's from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. She had some great lines. We have spoons. Right. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, jams. I think she was good. Yeah. <laughs> tiny, tiny spoons. And the yam jams. Did you hear that one? She got so excited about yam jams. <laughs> He's just making up, <laughs> making up lines. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to like the Aladdin character, but I found it really hard. Oh, no, yeah. There was something about him. Hey, I couldn't put my finger on it, but... Um... He was probably a sociopath. And you can just sort of tell through the... <laughs> it was just a poor acting. I don't know. But um, but I yeah. like that Will but Smith I... rapped at the end. <laughs> did you hear that? Did he like it to the end? Uh, when did he rap? Uh, right at the credits. Oh, no. I couldn't take any more. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it reminded me back of his- um, he, he does it in- Boom Shake the Room. I think that's in his contract. It's got to be in his contract. You watch every single film with him and he's rapping in the credits. He's rapping. But it was quite good because he did um, he did sort of riffing of rappers. Like he did a bit of Kanye, a bit of Snoop Dogg. That was pretty... Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe that so was, so was that the best part of the film, was it? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. It was pretty rough. Let's just be yeah. honest about it. It was a rough, <laughs> rough experience. Uh, I, I don't want to go into too much on the review because there's so much that could be said. And to be honest, it's really about this film which is yeah. awesome and you know it's such a it's such a great film from the childhood that like um i watched it recently with uh my niece and nephew when i was babysitting them. oh cool and uh yeah they loved it absolutely loved it oh, and uh, it is such a great film and like the line we're just up to it you know he sets the genie free and he's like no matter what anyone says you'll always be a prince to me mm. oh it's so sweet yeah there was this thing um it's this guy he's just started his youtube channel it's called nerdstalgia okay and it's really good analysis breaking down the genius of like genie and robin williams and the dynamics of his voice acting but he he sort of summed it up well he says i'll always know that voice and all too often we think of you know i'll never forget you your memory will live on to me but um, millions, including myself, he says, the, remember the genie, Robin Williams, and it's a part of us. You know, his presence, his talent, forever living on, and every single person that got to see a struggling genie finally set free. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty nice. nice eh? It sums it up to me. It's not so much about the romance, this bromance thing, man. <laughs> oh, man, I fancied myself as a little Aladdin, I must admit, <laughs> when I was watching the film because, uh, you know, I, you know, the princess and all of that type of stuff. I just love that type of story so much. Yeah. But, yeah, Robin Williams just, uh, you know, may live on in everyone's memory. Yeah. Did you have any final sort of thoughts? How did this rate on your nostalgia meter? I'd give it a 10 out of 11. Yeah, um, awesome. It's, uh, I won't give it 11, but uh, but it is something that is eminently returnable. You know, you just, you can turn it on and find yourself watching the whole thing. Yeah. Memorable music, fun characters. It's just great pacing. Yeah. Yeah, just a great film. Just love it. And, uh, you know, I, it was a guilty pleasure when I was growing up, you know, pretending to be a man. And now that I'm a man, uh, man, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say how much I love this film. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. And you, it's good that you're sort of re-continuing the cycle with your brother's kids as well. Yeah, yeah. No, looking forward. Yeah. But I did want to say with this film that... Um, yeah, I why when we 
started when we chose this film I, we thought it would be a bit of a throwaway one <laughs> like, yeah you know we could whip it out quickly but man when i started watching oh it just hit me man robin williams it's so such a sad story it is it is incredibly sad his life was tragically cut short by suicide at the age of 63 in 2014 Ah, uh, rest in peace, Robin. Mm. But he's been such a huge influence on my life. You know, Goodwill Hunting, Hook, Mrs. Doubtfire. One Hour Photo was one of his that I watched with mm. my mum and she loved that. It's a thriller that she really liked. I've heard it's really good. Um, Flubber. Or that he's really good in it. Oh, he's so good in it. It's, re- it's worth checking out. Mm. Um, Flubber, Jumanji, Birdcage, Nine Months, Fish King, Cadillac Man. And it hit close to me because, um, you know, he suffered from addiction and depression, Mm. anxiety, and sort of towards the end, paranoia. And he sought treatment through like prescription medication, but also yoga and meditation in the end. Oh, really? um, And rehab and things like that. And I suffer from some pretty hefty depression Mm. and I'm going through some, you know, right now. And there's such a stigma around mental illness and um, vulnerability in general, like by admitting that we aren't okay. Okay, we put ourselves in a position of vulnerability and we, do. we feel ashamed for admitting it. But absolutely, I think that it has to be um, changed. There has to be a shift. And now is the time when we all have to do our thing. And so there's like hashtags now. There's uh, Beyond Blue. They have smashed the stigma. <laughs> Such mm. a Aussie. Oh, really? <laughs> smash oh, it, man. God. Smash the stigma. <laughs> but, um, put a stigma on the Barbie. <laughs> that should be the new one (laughs) but I was thinking like in an ideal world like what would the conversation be if Robin was still here it's like Robin how are you oh I'm terribly depressed are you getting help I'm ashamed to I find it too hard to do so myself you need support right now it's okay to stop everything you're doing and get the support structures that you need in place Mm. like get your life back in balance because there's so much positivity in your being the world needs you and the world will gladly support you through this time of imbalance Mm. like crowdfunding for mental illness why is it not a thing um it's okay to ask for help Mm. and yeah it just sort of breaks my heart that he sort of slipped through the cracks. And while recording this movie, Robin Williams frequently received calls from Steven Spielberg, who at the time was working on the Holocaust film Schindler's List, 1993. He would put him on speakerphone so he could tell jokes to the cast and crew to cheer them up. Some of the material that he used was material that he said he was using for this film. Oh, really? So sad. Because in many ways, who was there to cheer Robin up? Mm. I think for for me, um, talking about depression and anxiety, I think a lot of the stigma around it is a person's ability to function or be relied upon in a work environment where people are afraid to talk about those things. There is a lot of um, stigma attached to it, but also a lot of... Um, I think people are getting better, but I think that there still is a lot of lack of maturity around understanding and approaching uh, depression and anxiety for people who, even people who suffer it, look um, that look at other people who suffer from it because it's the the whole admission that it's actually happening and how to deal with that and how other people deal with that or not knowing how to. Mm. Uh, an example for, for me is actually um, my, my wife as a, as a lawyer spoke to some lecturers about in the past about, you know, having kids and what it has an impact on, on your um, ability to get a job and, you know, 
And a lot of the lecturers that she spoke to, and these are women telling her that, you know, it's going to, that, you know, you have a choice between having kids or having a job in law. And that's changing now. There are, it's a lot more accepted, but this is only a couple of, you know, this isn't going back, you know, 20 years or anything like this is only a short period of time. Yeah, it's awful, hey? Attitudes are changing. It's just, and I think we are going in a good direction. It's just the problem is, is that because we're people, it just happens really slowly. Yeah. And I think it's just being able to find people that you can talk to about this stuff and who will accept you. Um, you know, there's a lot of drive towards making it better. I just think that we're all growing in our levels of maturity of how to deal with not just our own depression and anxiety, but experiencing it in other people and knowing how to be supportive and understanding and helping them to function when you know, they feel that they can't um, because sometimes, you know, you need to just say, look, go have a break, have time away, come back when you're feeling better or look, you're feeling bad. How can we make something work for you, even though you're in this position? And, you know, it's a, it's a long, I think it's a long road. And, but I think that there's so much more acknowledgement that people suffer from depression and anxiety. I just think, knowing how to deal with it in society is the biggest problem. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So what did you rate out of this film? <laughs> it was very <laughs> high on my nostalgia meter, i got to say. Mm. Um, I just love the Aladdin genie arc. Um, there's so much love there. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. And, yeah, it is about Robin Williams and just, like, it was the ideal platform for him to showcase just, like, how quick witted he was and the mm. phenomenal impressions that he could just whip out at that quick-witted pace. So, it's bouncing back and forth and you're sort of keeping up, you know, you're trying to anyway. Mm. Oh, what's that reference? What's that from? It sounds so familiar. And like, you're trying to, it's sort of, that's the key to his genius, I think. Mm. Um, mm. Um, so, yeah. Love you, Robin. <laughs> Miss you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, at least we got films to look back on him for. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks yeah. So, so much for watching this one, man. Yeah, thanks good. for the suggestion. It's awesome. Um, so, next film. It's one of yours. It's Watcher in the Woods from 1980. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't actually watched it. Actually, I'm going to have to figure out how to find it. Uh, it's, a, it's a Disney horror film. Cannot wait. I've never heard anything about this. I know. <laughs> Let's hope it's it's not as bad as the toy, but... Um, oh, no. Yeah, you no, it sounds good. Disney it. horror, man. Mm. And it had an impact on you. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah, love Another it. Another okay. one of those early horror film. Oh, love, right, right. Love things for me, you know. Oh, sweet. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks for picking this and... Um, Thanks to everyone for listening to us and uh, and making it through our singing. Because if you're reaching this point, then somehow you'd manage to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Good night. Good night. Uh, stopping, huh? Stopping. Now. Stopping. Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning in the morning. It's the morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your breath, it gets better Now that you've tuned on in And heard us sing Okay, we're using yours <laughs>